When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey everyone, Kevin here asking you to head over to our Patreon and check it out. Enjoy benefits like exclusive content, merch discounts, and behind the scenes looks at all things Rare Drop. Go to patreon.com slash raredrop to become a member today. And thank you so much to our current patrons who helped make this show possible. Dave the New Nerd, Neil Anderson, Jack DeVille, Philip Snyder, Jedi Chappie, Paul Marzik, Aether Mana, Respect KS, PD Club, wow dad, Justin McMahon, Stephen Purd, Matt LaRue, and all of the other patrons. Thank you so much. Once that warm weather hits, it's time for cold brewed coffee. King's Ghost Coffee has the perfect kit for you. Our cold brewed kit comes with a pack of filters, instructions, and it will have you brewing like a pro in no time. It's really that simple, and nothing is better than slow, cold-brewed coffee, especially when it's King's Coast. Head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and grab your cold-brew kit today. Welcome, children. Children? We don't like yinglings here, Kevin. Yinglings? Killing some yinglings? That's a weird intro. Are you going to spend your weekend, Tim? It's a weird intro, Kevin. Your pre-birthday weekend? This is how you're going to intro episode 50? Yeah. Welcome, children? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 50 of Star Wars and Scotch. We made it. I apologize for the last two weeks. I take the blame. Do not blame Tim. Two weeks ago, I was getting ready to go on vacation, so I was making sure that everything was good with the office, and I had a doctor's appointment, so we couldn't record. Last week, straight up just lazy on vacation. He was no a Disney. excuse. I was no, I wasn't. I was back. Oh, on Friday, yeah. No, he yeah. was just being lazy. I was one hundred percent being lazy last week. So, um, plus it's probably best because all of the good news came out this week. Yeah, you did. You did good, Kevin. Nice job. And the Bad Batch episode finally caught up, uh, and we'll talk about that as we uh, enter the finale the two-part finale yeah uh talk about the galactic star cruiser a ton of stuff came out for that uh this week uh a little tidbit of lore from more of the bounty hunters that i found very interesting um and uh that's, that's sounds like an action-packed today. show kevin we can touch a little bit on high republic um because there's a lot of content coming out for high republic but uh so 
before we get going, I yeah. just want to remind you, as always, me to well, not you. I'm sure you're already drinking delicious Kings Coast coffee. I am actually. What are you drinking? Um, this is the Sierra Reserve. And what kind of scotch did you put in it? I um, <laughs> I didn't put any scotch. <laughs> Wow, are you even doing life correctly, Tim, if you're no, not adding alcohol to your know, coffee every day? I know, we call it Star Wars and Scotch, and we're drinking coffee because it's the morning. <laughs> um, when 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 the Book of Boba comes out and we're back to live shows in the evening, we'll drink whiskey. Yeah, that, that'll it's, happen. It's, it's, it's we're scotch. Just, Sorry, we this, drink scotch with Star Wars and Scotch. Ah. Well, I put scotch in my water, so mm? I'm good. <laughs> I have my water right here. Oh, okay. got scotch in it. So much scotch. I'll scotch, probably be scotch, slurring scotch. by the end of this episode. Yeah, my belly. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Anyway, uh, yep, head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. Um, there's some really uh, interesting changes coming to uh, what could be some of your favorite roasts. Nothing taste-wise, but keep an eye out. Yeah, we're moving that's, to that's tea. Like, like what? All no, tea. don't say that. Don't. No, no. Nothing oh, but tea. <sighs> All right, Kevin, kick it off. Sick. Uh, so we had episode 13, 14, and 15 of Bad Batch to discuss this week. Sheesh. Episode 13 and 14 were your classic filler episodes. Now, before we get into that, okay, let's talk about what you said at the gym this morning. What did I say at the gym this morning? You're just really getting sick and tired of Star Wars throwing filler episodes into oh, something yeah. that could be half the length of, of a season. Yeah, I'd rather just have eight juicy episodes instead of eight juicy episodes mixed in between eight not-so-juicy episodes. Do you feel like the ancillary episodes do anything to expand the world and the lore and stuff, though? Minutely. There's enough where it's just like a lot of the... Not worth it? No, a lot of the the filler episodes will have a nod to something, or they might mention one thing that's extremely abstract, but someone five years from now will be like, oh, my God, look what Filoni did. Um... You know, so I mean, like, it's cool that they do stuff like that. But like for me, when when I want to know and there's so many things that I want to know and the pacing starts off really, really hot and then it slows down and then it starts to pick up and it slows down again. And it's just like this roller coaster of just like, I wish we could just get to the things that I'm interested in. Um, And I would I would assume that other Star Wars fans feel the same way. The ones that just like want like the deep storytelling or to know more of like the history of the what's going on in the timeline. Um, mm-hmm. or even just like know more about Omega. Like we still don't know. Like we learned a lot in this episode, I feel like about Omega. Um, but it took us all the way to the, f- like the, the part one of the finale to even learn more about her, uh, which is frustrating. So that's, that's f- what 13 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much of just not knowing anything about, about Omega, which is kind of frustrating. Like they just, they, they just didn't talk enough about her. Um, what was going what's going on in Camino and and we show back up with Camino on this episode and the the the, the empires completely pulled everything away like i would have liked to have seen that um i would have i would have liked for them to cut away like cuz like for me the bad batch is just it's just another season of clone wars like why why did we have to con- like the one episode where we didn't even have bad batch until they did the the weapons deal like that was a good and episode Ryan. i i really liked that episode and we are following more of of a completely different character set with Hera and everything. Like I liked that. Like, why couldn't we have an episode where it was completely focused from the Imperial side, uh, seeing what they're doing on Camino and, and continuing with like crosshair 
and and what we can like I still assume is the death squad is the uh, is the death trooper program. Um, I mean, they made it more apparent when the admiral walked up. He had he was flanked by two of them. Yeah, and yeah when he greeted so, Crosshair. So I'm pretty like ninety eight percent sure these are the precursors yeah, of the is, death yeah, troopers. This is V one death troopers. So. Because they it's, just introduced non-clone, the TK soldiers. The, T, the TK soldiers, which I thought was really cool. So, okay. So, talking about episode 13, it was, like, very mad. We met Roland Durand, who's the uh, uh, crime lord, Issa Durand's mother. Mm-hmm. It was, like, whatever. Dealing with the Pikes, it was nice to see them again. They we were saw cool. Spice. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was world building. We saw Gundarks and Erlings were those those nocturnal insects in the cave where Sid tried to hide the Spice. Oh, the spy- um, yeah, yeah, the. the I was hoping it was those same things from High Republic. Remember those locusts that were like migrating across the universe in yes. the Force in the uh-huh. comics, but it wasn't. So there was really nothing to that episode. I think it just existed to show, um, you know, Omega's compassion, and uh, it was interesting to see the Devroni get their uh, horn cut off. Uh, yes, I guess that's kind of like a. I don't know. Is that well? Does that well? Did. Didn't haven't we seen another Deveronian that had a, a horn cut off? I think we've seen a few, yeah. But that's like that's like a big deal, right? I guess I don't know much about Deveronian, so I'm I'm guessing it is. Um, maybe I was trying thing. I was trying to remember if there was any important characters that was of that species that had a horn cut off that we'd seen anywhere else. I was wondering if they were like connecting that character elsewhere. Most of the Deveronians of note are from EU. We've never. Oh, I see in comics and whatnot they're not really in any of the main content that is canon Mm -hmm. um but it was just interesting that that was the punishment at the end of that uh but episode 14 episode 14 was good because it was littered with easter eggs and that's what made me happy about 14 we got to see gregor early on um dissenting we yeah. got to see Scorch and the Republic Commandos, which made me freak out, by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, is that them? Is it? It can't be them. It can't be. And then I looked it up online. Everyone's, I was like, it was the Commandos, but they're oh, that's bad cool. now. Yeah, that was those were the those that's were cool. the Commandos we play as in Republic Commando. I didn't realize that. That's really neat. Yeah, that was the they were lead. They were each leading a TK squad. That's so dope. Um. Which made me sad because, you know, you play as them and you, you, out in the game and then, I don't know, just whatever. I mean, like, but, what's going to happen? Yeah, I know, I know. But, um, but we did learn more about the TK designation and, and that actually bled over into 15 too. Uh, it's a big deal for the clones because, they're being replaced and it's yes. pretty evident and obvious that they're being replaced and, they're being treated as if they were inferior on top of it, which yeah, they're it's it's really weird to see how they were the crown jewel of the republic, um, right? The, the the clone forces, the can the uh, all of this, the, the massive the massive army that was built to protect the empire was a crown jewel, and and everyone like you could see that there was this harmonious relationship between the Jedi and and the clone troopers and and then also just the the standard civilians of of the Republic they respected the clones they realized who they were and what they did and why they were doing it um yeah and then quickly they get treated like a like a like a minority they get treated like subhuman which is it just is gross yeah and and we're seeing it from their point of view yeah um 
it's dark i loved seeing that gregor was crazy before too that was fun um he yeah i mean like for him to be for him to be absolutely just insane he needed to be a little crazy here uh it was it was just fun to to see him and the breakout was a fun breakout but you know aside from the easter eggs uh they mentioned the death star in that episode Mm -hmm. um uh, new planet named darrow uh, and the massives, those dogs that they had. Yes. Uh, apparently, they are the same dogs that the Tusken Raiders use. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently. Okay. That's what I'm reading here. So I found that interesting as well. But this seemed just, you know, establishing lore. It got the us, you know, the the information on the new soldiers, yeah. the new stormtroopers. And we got to meet Gregor and the Republic Commando connection. That was pretty much episode 14. The escape was fun. It was cool. It was interesting, but not much to talk about. This episode, this episode though, <laughs> uh, <laughs> completely uh, heavy, heavy lore drops. It, um, it was just it was it finally started to answer the questions like like what happened to Camino? Right. And we were saying, remember, I kept saying, like, no, Camino was destroyed. Camino was destroyed. And then we figured out that I was thinking of Legends. Well, they went with it. They just went a they slightly a different, different route. route. It's not much different than the Legends story. You know, it's it's some of the clones fighting against the Empire and the TKs. And, you know, it was a little bit mo- less of a battle and more of uh, just, just bombardment. Just destruction. Yeah. Um, we got to look at those, those, uh, dark troopers again, too. Uh, I don't uh, think the they're tra- dark troopers the training yet. droids. Yeah. I think yeah, they're like an I, early version. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't even like really, I mean, they, they, they have more looks of a, of a B2 battle droid than anything else. They look like a modified or at least a Republic version, uh, or the Kaminoan variant of a, uh, B2 battle droid that they're using for train. I mean, like, and it would make sense. Like the Republic would make their own version of a B2 battle droid for for practice purposes so you know have the same level of of design the the same weaponry etc and those things emulate that as well they've got wrist blasters they've got they've got rocket launchers in the back like it's everything that like you would expect for a b2 battle droid but in the same vein the dark troopers that that they used for um the, the mandalorian also resembled b2 battle droids very heavily as well so I can see kind of like where they pulled a lot of the inspiration. Like, of course, you would want to use inspiration from the thing that you fought, right? You just want to make it better. And mm-hmm. so everyone within everyone that was designing these things, they probably either fought in or at least knew of and saw pictures and videos of the Clone Wars. Um, so they were able to use that as, you know, as research, I would assume, to build their own versions. Uh, the tube system on Camino was, that was very cool. interesting. Um, and I think it leads to the question of what else is on Camino because they could destroy that facility. That's just the cloning facility. Well, she even said that there was tubes that went everywhere. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, what like, else is on Camino? Yeah, like you, like you said, um, you know, the main the main citadel that city is above water. Mm-hmm. But we saw when you hover, you know, a meter or two above the water, a landing platform can come up. Mm-hmm. You know, what else is down there? It's it raises many questions about the planet itself. Uh, We got to see the lab where they were all created in. Yeah, that Uh, was really interesting. So so she saw them. She's older than them. Well, we knew that because she had she's aging normally and they're all advanced. Um, I I found that I found that to be 
very interesting to me that they were that, I that figured she's just been around all, that long. I didn't think that she was that old. Right. I figured that they were all born around the same time and she was just younger because of the aging process. That's, that's what I assumed. I assumed that she was as old as everybody else. But uh, yeah, she's older than them because she saw them when they were being grown, which is wild. Um, I always so, forget that clones go through an aging process. Yeah, and I it's always, quick, I is, always forget that. We're going to meet Gregor, what, like 10 years later? Oh, um, even that? Yeah, no, it's going to be right around then. Yeah, and, and same, same with Rex. They all look, yeah, we'll, we'll see them 10 years from yeah, now. They look like they aged they 20, look, 30 years. Yeah, they look that time. like they're in their 80s, yeah, which makes so, sense. Um, it, it was, and some of the stuff she said was interesting. They got their droid for the i forget the name of that droid but VA, that's gonna be like the bad batch droid now yeah he's cool he's gonna be like the chomper to uh to the bad batch mm-hmm. uh and then okay let's talk about the dynamics with crosshair because that's like a whole conversation <sighs> yeah so we know that crosshair is not trusted by his commanding officer and his squad um well his squad's dead now before well, yeah, that they weren't yeah but they weren't <laughs> yeah they definitely weren't listening to commands they and the I, one the one uh woman from his squad i don't know her name but she lived she got off mm -hmm. she left with the admiral oh right so she's so, still so alive here, i think this comes back to the whole thing of like clones aren't treated with respect and so right. and so and we saw that before when when some the the one the one guy gate was giving crosshair lip he just shot him right um and so that that that's what gave the respect was fear but like you could even tell like he gave an order and they're like no you know he's like stand down they're like i don't think so you're like they they were never going to listen to him um and so i think this kind of goes back to the empire was using crosshair to train and to they were learning from him and then they were like when they were when they were done with him they were just going to get rid of him um i i think that i think the the extermination program for clones like knows no bounds and i think even if they were within empire control or within imperial ranks they would still relieve them of duty in <laughs> in, in the imperial way so I mean he relieved them of duty with that amazing shot. Oh no, that, that was really even... cool. I was just like this reflective shot and just bounced around it was really neat. But I'm but knowing that knowing that Crosshair removed his chip earlier on, that shows that Crosshair I doesn't he, he can't find a purpose. He doesn't know what to do with himself other no, than, to, other than all, to be a good soldier. That's why he got all soft with Hunter. Right. When, you know, when the rest of, when the rest of the bad batch have found their reason to go on the reason to live and want to live he can't see that like they all they all rallied around Omega they rallied around this this idea of hope you know just like in every other Star Wars show and movie there's always this central point that everyone rallies around and Omega is that point for for the bad batch mm -hmm. and crosshair misses that completely he sees he sees Omega as an asset as as a as just a thing. Um, and everybody else has seen it. Like, no, we have to keep her safe. She's special. She's one of us. Um, and that's the, and that's the big thing is this idea of family and crosshair can't, he just doesn't want to be a part of that. That's why they should have replaced crosshair with Vin Diesel. Cause he gets it. He <laughs> understands family. Um, anyways, I really just wanted to work in the Vin Diesel part. Cause I yeah, said family and I was just like, I really gotta put it in there. Family. 
Um, he's yeah. he. I'm interested to see what the next episode holds. Um, you know, because they did take him. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they're gonna do any type of like. What are they just gonna like waterboard him until he's like, "Do you love family?" Yes. It, it's in it's interesting to me because he's acted a certain way and then mm -hmm. when he finally had the chance to prove himself to his commanding officer he didn't take it because it would have meant killing those he considers family uh well, well, he also feels betrayed he feels betrayed because they left but they left because he was trying to kill them right um so i get i get that part the the thing that's confusing to me is like join it was the entire conversation between Crosshair and Hunter was Darth Vader and Luke from episode five. That entire thing of like join me and mm -hmm. together we can, you know, do great things and all that stuff. That's literally Darth Vader and Luke. Yeah. And like I couldn't yeah. figure out why they went that route with that conversation. I also couldn't figure out how Crosshair could could justify killing his squad mates and then bring the Bad Batch with him back to Tarkin. Like, how was that going to work? Um, so that that entire conversation right there, just like there was only one way out. There was no way. Like, I don't. I, Crosshair set him up, set himself up for failure in that entire scenario. Like, all of that was just was all for naught. And so, like that that was probably the only part of the episode that really left me scratching my head of like, why did we go this route? Like, we could have just. We could have just killed Crosshair and be done with it. Um, well, there's there's probably more. Sure, and I keep I have to I have to remind myself that this is just part one of part of two parts. Um, right. So there's still more to this, but I'm just I'm really curious as to like why do we want to keep him around? Like, yeah, he's a cool bad guy. Like this idea of like this guy is essentially a bounty hunter, which I think he's going to turn into. He's going to turn into an anti-hero within the Star Wars universe of being a bounty hunter, and we'll probably end up seeing him again in the Book of Boba. Um, just like as I'm thinking, as I've been thinking about this, like Crosshair has become more and more of a, uh, a lone wolf bounty hunter than anything else. So I, I, I definitely feel like this, this character will, will show up again, uh, outside of, 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 uh, the Bad Batch. At, at least that's how I feel right now about it. Um, okay. his, his character, I think is just doesn't fit. And I don't think knowing how, how the conversation between him and Hunter went, I don't think there's a point of return. And mm -hmm. so instead of just like having him as a villain, which would just wouldn't work because he's a clone and you don't want to vilify a clone. Right. Um, so you turn him into an antihero. Everybody loves antiheroes. They're great to hate and you love loving them. Um, so and we don't we don't really have antiheroes in Star Wars. You haven't. You haven't you, Boba, I mean, you kind of. Yeah, like Boba Fett. Boba Fett is an anti-hero. Ventress is a is an anti-hero. Um, uh So like any of like the like the neutral chaotic characters, they're like, mostly they bounty do, hunters. They do really really well. They're bounty hunters, but like we just don't really. They don't. Uh, when I say we don't really have them, like we don't have big parts until now. Like Boba Fett now has a big part. Fennec Shan now has a, a, a big part in Star Wars. Um. So to the, for them to add in more anti-heroes, um. Even like even like Mando at one point, you could have classified him as chaotic neutral. Like he was in the beginning, um, when he was like with IG eighty eight and like all those like guys, like those that was definitely very much so like anti here, but now he's a good guy. And so like it's I think it's cool that they're adding in more of these like characters that you just you don't know what they're gonna do. 
Well, it goes in line with their interpretation of the force being having a neutral point instead of just, you know, blue and red. Yeah, uh, we definitely need more of that. We need we need less cut and dry. You're good and bad. Well, I mean, the groundwork was laid with Qui Gon and and uh, yeah, but that Mace was from and, like a but that was from like the superhero standpoint, right? Like you always, like that was from that was from having like light side and dark side. But you taking I I'm, I want more Star Wars with taking the the Force out of it when it comes to stuff like this, like like building more of like this deep. I think they're doing a ton of that. that. I'm actually at the moment starved for something like really. I've I've really been I've really been enjoying the because I'm getting it elsewhere. Like I've been I've been reading the High Republic stuff, so like that's been really fun. Um, I like it. I'm enjoying it, but I want more. I want to go back to the formula of space magic a little bit. Yeah, but I think that's gonna. I think that I think they're keeping a lot of that for the movies because everybody can relate to that and like feel like the show again, is definitely more niche than a, like, space magic Star Wars movie would do. So, like, that's why I feel like, even, like, with Acolyte, when we get in, or even, like, I feel like Ahsoka is going to be the, the the one where we're like, okay, it's still very niche. Ahsoka is a beloved Star Wars character, but, like, within, like, the, within the, within the Star Wars fandom. But if you go to a regular, like, just random person that kind of, like, knows Star Wars, and you're like, hey, like, what do you think of Star Wars? They're like, ah, uh, Luke? Well, Baby look Yoda? At, look at, um... My personal journey with Star Wars was always, you know, green or blue lightsaber. Yeah. I always wanted to be a Jedi. Da, 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 da. Here I am uh, in my late 30s and I just got the white crystal at Galaxy's Edge, swapped it out of my lightsaber that I built. And now I'm walking around the house like I am no Jedi. And mm-hmm. Ahsoka's so probably become my favorite. I don't want to say Jedi because she's not. Uh, she's force probably user. become my favorite force user over the years mm-hmm. because of her. Well, journey. everybody everybody likes her because she's far more relatable than like this a pious Jedi or she's also a, seen some shit, a dude. Snobby Sith Lord, like it's those those are so far on either side of the spectrum that it's so hard to like find a character that you really resonate with. Like I feel like that's why people love Anakin so much is because he he teeters like he's definitely more humanistic. He has those human qualities of like of teetering back and forth with like doing good and doing bad. Um, I think that's why people love Mason and, Qui-Gon, and, and that's why and that's why people love a Jedi with an edge. Like like I've never really enjoyed Yoda's. Care. I've never been able to connect with with someone like Yoda is cool. And I think he's people a really like Yoda when when they find out like he has a dark past. That's when people are like, oh, oh I don't, OK, I'm interested in that. Well, I don't I don't I don't know if that I mean, like, OK, that's but that's a niche thing. Like no, no, like normal Star Wars sitting in the st- movie theater. I get you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about just like being able to connect with things that you're looking at. And I feel like that or even just like listening to. Well, that's um, what they tried to do with Ray was make her more relatable. The and, only you way know. you could have done that. The only way that you could have been able to like truly understand what she was going through, though, was going and reading in the books because it was bad storytelling um, right like right, you right. like there was no indication that ray was playing with the dark side in the first well, there was in the in first in, well hold on in the first movie yes. there is a massive moment when ray taps into the dark side um there is a there's a big moment in episode eight where ray taps into the dark side which they could have i feel like they could have talked about more 
and they do, they do it again in episode nine. And if they would have taken that energy from episode nine, when she sees the dark reflection of herself and, and they would have developed also that the, more, the force lightning that she does and the force lightning and like all of it was just like, well, but we, but we know that force lightning isn't technically an evil power. No, because you can do judgment. You on can the light like, side. so we know that we know that actually it's not, it's like, it's not a bad thing. Um, it was her intention, but that's the whole thing is like, it's just, it's, it was never, it, it was never anything like we saw with like, a, like Ahsoka or Anakin, or it was just like little nods and stuff. Like you could kind of like notice it if you knew what was going on. Um, but like you watch, you watch Anakin just like go from like, I love everybody to like killing a bunch of like sand people. So like you knew what he, like you, you knew what was going on. You could see the struggle. Um, you see the struggle with Ahsoka too. And it's just like, I want more of that. I want yeah, those, well, I want those I want, just failing characters that are force users that are struggling in life. I love that. And that's what the higher public is doing. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, I want more of that as well. But I also, I am at the point with the lore and the storytelling where I want to get into, just like you've said for years, I want the Sith mysticism. I oh, want yeah. the Jedi history. I want to go back to the old republic and i'm not saying this from the point of like ad nauseum where i say it all the time the reason i want to go back is because there's so much rich um things to discover and i'm interested in how disney will tell that story to complement the other two timelines that they're currently telling stories in that's why i want to go back sure it's not like necessarily like i need revan i need revan's mask no a world where there's thousands of Sith and thousands of Jedi and they're in constant conflict with each other is interesting because what does that do? That leads Jedi to fall to the dark side. That leads Sith to be redeemed. That leaves people in the middle that don't really have a place in either one, but they're seriously powerful force users. That's the kind of stuff I want. Let's go find relics. Let's go, you know, that's what I'm into. So, um, that's why the uh, in the first High Republic or second High Republic book in the Amaxine space station, I was like all geeking out because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, this is an old place. Why is it old? And learning about the drink gear and stuff. Anyway, uh, going back to the original point with the kind of like you said, the mirroring of the Luke Vader conversation between Hunter and uh, Crosshair. Uh, there is a season two. Disney announced it this week. Uh, that season two is coming. No one's surprised, but it is official from Disney that season two will happen, I believe, next year. I, I was um, actually surprised. You were surprised. Yes, you mentioned I, that, but I, season I two is coming. I really didn't think that we needed another season of Clone Wars. Uh, I think they're just doing animated storytelling within this timeline, and that this is how it's going to be told through the eyes of the Bad Batch. And then when Bad Batch ends, they'll pick another group of people to then, tell a different story through. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is like, and I told you is that this is this is going to be a true connection from Clone Wars right into, uh, not Rogue One. Holy, well, I guess technically Rebels. Rogue One. I guess technically Rogue One, but Rebels is like mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder if you can go from Clone Wars right into Rebel, like end on uh, what's Ezra's planet. On uh, Lothal, uh, on Lothal, like does it just pick up on Lothal? Like that's gonna be, yeah, that'd be really. I'm interesting. sure they're gonna go to Lothal at some point. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I would, I would assume so because the Empire has a huge footing there. Which uh, is, well, you know. so the well, they have a huge Ooh, footing maybe there for they'll mining meet, operations. Tim, maybe they'll meet Ezra's parents. Oh, because Ezra's parents were like the beginning of the rebellion. 
Well, I mean, the rebellion's already started. It's not a rebellion yet. Uh, it doesn't officially start until Solo. Really? That's when they get organized. And then you even see how much they're struggling to get organized in the beginning of Rebels. Well, I mean, when like they, they have that tiny little fleet. And then as it as Rebels goes on, they grow and they grow. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, they're already doing, like, weapon deals and stuff on planets to to They're rebelling, but the, there's no full-on organized oh, rebellion I yet. I see what you mean. Okay. The rebellion is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean, like, having, like, like yeah. I gotcha. And the the girl at the end of Solo. Well, does the... Well, does the she rebellion the does does the rebellion start when the when the uh, when the body of governments disassembled by the empire? Like it is. No, they do that in response to it. Oh, so so the emperor dissolves the senate in response to the rebellion uprising. Yes, he's trying to tighten his his hold because oh, at first the emperor is like. Sense. Think about how he operates. He's very slow and methodical. So sure. what he does is he's like, now I'm the high chancellor. Now I'm the emperor. You can keep your Senate, but I'm I have the ultimate say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to squabble over. Sure. And then when there's bullshit. and then when there's whispers of of uprising, he dissolves the Senate, puts the Senate. moths in charge. Exactly. And the moths then control the sectors because that's how right. he can have his will imposed and not have to deal with the menial bullshit that he doesn't want to deal with all the governors that are dealing with. the moths. Exactly. That's the timeline. So that's why at the end of Solo, she talks yeah, about the seeds sense. of rebellion and how this is bigger than just them and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. That's going to lead into Rogue One, which right. is they now they're organized in Rogue One. You yeah. can see it, uh, but they're losing and they're getting their ass kicked. Um, and then it in, goes into A New Hope. All right. They had a big victory. They blew up Scarif. Yeah. Well, screw you. The, we're dissolving the Senate now. You're losing more power. Um, so that's if you put it all together, mm-hmm. it actually makes a really concise timeline. Yeah. And Bad Batch is just adding to that now. Okay. Well, Kevin, you sold me on season two. Nice job. <laughs> but maybe they'll meet Ezra's parents. That would be fun. <laughs> um uh so season two. One one quick lore thing before we go on a Star Cruiser. Uh the we we really need to read the War of the Bounty Hunters stuff and, and do a full out review and whatnot on it. But apparently the in the Yeah. They end in October, by the way, this series. Apparently in the newest or one of the newer issues, because they're kind of anthology with different bounty hunters, uh, there's new lore supporting that a ton of the moths and whatnot within the Empire mm-hmm. wanted Luke to be the one to murder Vader and Palpatine. What the fuck? So there was apparently like internal plans to unseat the Emperor and kill Vader to rid the Empire of the Sith. Keep the Empire going, but rid them of the Sith. Well, I knew I knew that I knew that they I never were, knew that I, I knew that they were unhappy with the emperor. Um, but apparently that, they wanted Luke to be the one to kill both of them. I didn't know that part. That's really interesting. So uh, I wanted to drop that on you as a teaser. So when we go and read these, <sighs> that you sounds know, so interesting. I've heard nothing but like Alex Star Wars Explained has been raving well, about War of the Bounty Hunters. It's also funny, too, because Vader is also trying to defeat the emperor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in the Dr. Aphra book. He's trying to build a robot army to go yeah. up against the Emperor. So it's just like, man, there's so much squabbling internally in the Empire. Everybody hates each other. That's, that's what makes that's, Star Wars awesome. That's the evil Sith way, though, is everyone's trying to kill each other. It's so that's good. What, that's what makes Star Wars awesome. Um, so 
let's talk uh we'll end with galactic star cruiser oh boy uh, okay. today so right. this is this is a lot you've seen the video right i've seen the video i've seen the price points you mentioned that there's now f the menus for food and stuff i didn't see that pictures pictures so pictures, i'm very pictures. i'm very intrigued by go this. to um if you go to the official galactic star wars or the galactic star cruiser website on disney they have pictures uh they have the new poster so chewy's on the poster by the way uh, I see Chewie. Yep. So that's interesting to me because he's the he's probably the only character from the original trilogy that is very easy to bring back. Well, and an actor can play them without exactly. There's no there's no there's no actual like actor involved. You just need someone who's really tall. You can you can uh, animate and voice box the head. And he doesn't age like Chewbacca. When we when we meet him in episode three, he's like six hundred years old at that point, or something like oh, that. I don't it's, remember. It's or four hundred years old. It's he's stupid old by that point, um, which is and he's still fairly young for. He's one hundred and ninety in Solo. Okay, so he's two hundred years old. So I aged him a little bit. Um, so two hundred years old still, Kevin. So by that point, he's he's. God, yeah, he's almost 300 years old. But by the time he meets Ray, he's graying. So he's like 300 years old by the time that we you can meet him on the uh, Star Cruiser. So, he, yeah, to your to your point, Kevin, he'll have some gray hair. He does. The one, the one at, so because Batu is between and Galaxy's eight Edge and nine. Is, is in. Yeah, it's in a time period. It's locked. Chewie has gray hair when you go see him there. I love that. Um, the way they're doing it now during COVID is you can't walk. They don't walk around the, you know, the park area. Yeah. They have them on these stages kind of, but it's very natural. Mm -hmm. uh, so Chewie and Ray like mess with the stormtroopers and, you know, run around and do fun stuff. But you can see Chewie's out there with his bowcaster doing stuff. Um, and then Kylo's on the poster, too. Um, and Kylo's also at Galaxy's Edge, and he's another one that's but he's all to... masked up, right? Yes, yeah, but he talks to the people. So the way they've done that is you haven't been there. Kylo's ship is in the back corner, mm -hmm. um, and he can come on and off the ship with troopers, and then he stands on the stage and he just harasses people, and like a crowd now gathers. <laughs> You know, he's like, uh, he's like, I see you are you you've betrayed the resistance, you know, stuff like that. Uh, or he'll turn to the stormtroopers and be like, watch this one. That's cool. Um, yeah, it, it, I liked it better when he walked around. He scared the bejesus out of Hunter to the point where Hunter told Ray <laughs> this was right before COVID. We like they he, they scared my son. He was terrified. And then he went over and told Ray and she put his arm around him and she was like, don't worry, they can't hurt you anymore. It was so oh cute. <laughs> and yeah, she had her staff. I was like, light it up. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's a first order officer. Um, there's the, the Twi'lek holding the drink. I still have not been in, in Oga's Cantina, so I have not seen these amazing drinks that they made. Mm -hmm. um, uh, bottom left, you can see a Twi'lek serving a family with food and stuff. Um. I have a feeling, so the way, so this is, if you don't know what this is, this is a completely RP adventure. This yep. is like LARPing times 25. This is insane. Um, and you're, you're going to be in this experience for two days. You will leave at the end of the two days to go on the rides in Batu, 
but they w literally want to make it a transformation that is seamless when you leave the ship yep it's as if the ship docked in batu and you're going on rise of the resistance and smugglers run and enjoying your time doing whatever else you want to do. Yeah, so uh, so they're they're essentially giving you the ability to go literally on a cruise that doesn't move that is on land. Right. You no windows, so which Every, is funny because well they have the comments, windows, but they're they're screens. Space. Right. And one of the one of the comments was, "I'm going to pay this amount of money to be locked in a room with no windows or doors." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you're paying. So I mean, for like a for a normal like for normal size family, um, you're looking at spending six thousand dollars for two nights at Disney World for a for, for, a, for a family of four. For uh, yeah, yeah. So like two. So and it, that's it, the basic cabin. And keep that's just, that in yeah, mind. Exactly. That is that is so. I mean, but that's the same way that Disney charges for their cruises. Yeah. Actually, a little bit more. You're actually going to be paying more than what they charge for their cruises. So it's like. Because because you're going to like you get to go to the theme park and like all this stuff, but like you can't leave. They value your car. Um, like you're you're there for two days, and you don't get to and you don't get to just like walk off into the park whenever you want, do you? Because they say that there's like guided tours. No, there's an itinerary. Yeah, there's itineraries. There's like guided tours. So like you don't even get the you don't get the Disney experience. So get, here's my you get the here's Star my Wars theory. experience. Well, here's my theory: is they're gonna sell? So they're gonna sell it a la carte first. After a year, they're going to start including it in packages. Mm. So it's like spend four nights at the Grand Floridian, spend two nights on Galactic Star Cruiser, pay this price. Oh, I'd be kind of down Got for it. that. Exactly. That's yeah. what. It, so everyone's freaking out and everyone's like, oh, this is so much this is so much. First of all, to run a two day RP like full experience like they're running. I get it. I'm not saying it's not expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're probably overcharging a bit, but what they're pulling off is something no one else has ever done. Sure. And it's it's you're going to pay for it. You yep. are going to pay for full 2 days. You are literally going to be in Star Wars for 2 days. Yeah, but 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 you're paying more than what it would cost to normally stay at a Disney World resort and go to but, the parks. And but so like that's that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out and justify the price because they're because like they're charging more than what they you would pay to go on a cruise. And so, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I was like, yeah, to your point, the full RP experience, you're going to have actors 24-7. So, like, that is, like, I really hope the experience is well worth worth the dollar. And so, like, that's what I want to wait. I'm hesitant to spend that money because I want to see know, what it. the review. <laughs> well, yeah, but I want to see what the reviews are first. I want to see how people really feel when they come off that. Like, do you feel like you got your $6,000 worth? Like, was like, could I wake up at You're two o'clock in the morning and go get a reviews. drink? Sure, of course. Like, I, and that's what I want to see. I want to see from like a Star Wars fan. Like, I want to see like, did you feel like you had an authentic experience? Is it something that that you will remember for the rest of your life? Like, is this something that is that is a once a lifetime experience? Like, these are the things that I want to hear before I commit to it. So, um, I think the packages is where they're going with this. Sure, I think that's a really smart idea. I, I didn't even think about it like that. So, um, the, but they're not going to do that at first. They want you to buy it and pay full price. Sure. At first. So the standard cabin is, it fits five people. I think it has bunk beds and then it has a queen bed. The, the galaxy class suite cabin seems to have like a living room. Mm -hmm. And then there's a grand captain suite, which has like a mini bar. It looks like, uh, in the pictures, but it sleeps eight people. So theoretically 
a grand captain suite upgrade, your family and my family could fit in it. Yeah. Because there's two queen beds. There's, uh, and it says, I think there's vanity bathroom, second bathroom, bar area, three windows with views out to space, a main suite and a double and a, and a bedroom. So, I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. But I, I get where they're going with this from a, from a, a amenities package. Mm. Now, the interesting part, um, in this, where was that? The itinerary that leaked. Did you see that? No. Okay. So day one, you arrive at the terminal at 1 p.m. 1.15, you launch your pod to the Star Cruiser. So there's probably some sort of RP experience to it's get. Gonna be, it's going to be just like what they do for uh, Rise, of, Rise of Resistance. To where get, like you, yeah. where you get on the shuttle, where you quote unquote get on the shuttle, and you get off, and then you go into another part. Yep. Um, and then ship orientation for half an hour. Uh, 45 minutes light refreshments, which I don't know if you've seen the concept part of the bar, but it looks amazing. I saw the bar. It looks so Also, good. the Twi'lek serving the drink in the mm-hmm. video almost made me choke on my water. Um, Sabak lessons from 3.30 to 4, Tim, and there's Sabak terminals in the bar. <laughs> uh, and then it says muster at 4. It cuts off. Oh, no, it goes uh, to the next day. 4.30 p.m. Captain's reception. Oh my god. 5:30 p.m. dinner featuring a live band. Uh the outer rim regalia at 7:15. Oh my god. Unexpected story moment at 7:30. It says for example, you might prove your metal to join an elite smuggling ring, hide a stowaway to help the resistance. 8 o'clock is bridge training, and 8.30 is special atrium entertainment, and then you're free. Breakfast is day two at 7. Uh, 8.15, your transport to Batu. You go on Rise of the Resistance. Another story moment, for example, broker a deal for a heist, arrange to steal a ship from the First Order. Uh, then Smuggler's Rung, and then it cuts off there, so we don't know what happens on oh that, that second God. day. That's insane. But, like, that's the amount that like that's what I know they're they've mentioned things like lightsaber training and it's building. definitely going to be something that like you're going to want to bring your kid to older kid. Yeah, older kid. Like I can't go and take Kyler to this. No, and I'm not you taking and he's not he's not going to get anything out of it. Um, So it says wield a lightsaber as you face off against a remote training device, explore the bridge and operate the ship's systems and controls. Um, story may even lead you to discover the inner workings of the ship in the engineering room. So it sounds like there's going to be almost unlockables that won't happen. You mean like and playing ex- a video game? <laughs> your, your RP experience is going to be different every time. Now, $6,000 different. Yeah, I doubt it highly. You don't want to go do that. Like, <laughs> Right. I would say I'll probably want to do this like once every five, ten years. <laughs> So maybe like three or four times. But I in wonder. My but, life. but that's the whole thing too, Kevin. Is I wonder if they'll do things for people who are like APs or for people who live in Florida. You know, it's like if they want to come back and do this experience a couple of times. Not yet. Right. Exactly. Like they want to get. They want to get the people who are going to travel from all over the world to this. And like, and to your point, in ten years, maybe they will do a like AP thing. Right. Or because Florida at first, residence they're dealing thing. with COVID, so not right. everyone that's going to be able to want to go can go. Yeah. Second. Uh, it's during the 50th anniversary and they're right. discounting so many other things that uh, nothing new will be discounted. Uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of up in the air on that. But 
that's Galactic Star Cruiser. That was Bad Batch. And this was episode 50 of Star Wars and Scotch. Pretty Tim good has to go stream, and I have to go Kevin has get to go on a call. Run a, run a company, so. Da, da, da. <laughs> I'd rather be on the Star Cruiser being like. <laughs> Thanks for watching, listening, wherever you, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, wherever, you, wherever it is, you can head on over to raredrop.co. Uh, you can check out all of our all of our productions, not just this one, not, when, not just Star Wars and Scotch. We got the uh, the Broman podcast. We got uh, comics and and many other so shows. So make sure to go check that out. Try to say that five times fast, Kevin. So make, make sure, sure to check it out. out. Yeah, no, it just doesn't work. Anyways, he's make Kevin, sure. aka Kevin X Vision on Twitter. Sure. He's K Magic One Hundred One on his Xbox. And, uh, Don't tell I'm, them my Xbox name. And I'm Tim, also known as Darkness Fortune. You can find me over on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash That's me time, Tim. And uh, this is it. This is Star Wars and Scotch. All right. Have a good one, everyone. And as always, Tim, you say it. May the force be with you. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.